0: The Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what
1: you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Clover
2: Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City.
0: Crossed up by
3: Kobe, we'll float to the shack,
4: and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay
0: hey, attention! Don't tell me what to do, Devil Woman. What you saying, what we saying, prime but Speaking of those Lakers, but,
3: but I hold on, fun. But I didn't make I didn't make me. I said Denver's gonna win. You yeah, you
0: did. You said time, that. You
3: the time, there's
4: no other show like that. Silvercrest is doing great things right now.
1: Streaming everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is our main event. <laughs>
3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. We got an awesome show for you today. Obviously, UFC 261 is tonight, but let's start off recapping last week's fights with uh, Jake Paul knocking out Ben Askren in the first fight. But before we get to the boxing, I I, I need to... Is that what you
1: call that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, the production value of whatever Triller, is that what it was called? Triller Fight Club? That was ridiculous. I mean, having Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson on the mic, there's people actually describing the fight, and Snoop Dogg's are like, oh, I'm bet $2 million on Jake Paul. Give me my money. That's ridiculous. I, I like... I understand it's Jake Paul and Ben Askren, but still, give me, like, I don't want to hear Snoop Dogg complaining, oh, I put down all this money. Like, if you want to be considered a real fight, if you want to be considered an actual fighter, like, make it real. Make it real. I don't care about Snoop Dogg. I don't care about Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, the whole show was going, wow, look at how bad boxing is right now. Look at this. He's making fun <laughs> of boxing. He's making – a commentator on the show is making fun of the sport. How is that good? How is that anything? What... All right, let's get to the fight now. Jared, what did you think of that knockout?
1: <sighs> um, I don't think we can tell much from it. I think my favorite part was uh, the interaction between the professional boxing analysts and uh these snoop dogs and pete davidson i would love to see a compilation it would like you've got you've got snoop going oh you want some of this purple article and then you got letterman over there like oh that was a that was a great left hand actually if you're watching the fight um (laughs) (laughs) hilarious but um but i think this is this is like scrub scraps on steroids I couldn't stand all the music videos and the the strip club atmosphere. There's a spot for this. I think the ratings proved there's a spot for this. But um, we we've got a we've got a better differentiate the levels of boxing. There are levels to this, and people get hurt all the time in this game. And there's levels to it. Um, all of that being said, fine. I'll analyze the fight. Uh, This is why there's never a sure bet in the fight game, because you can talk all you want about the the career of Ben Askren and being a professional athlete his whole life, and he could have dragged him into deep water, and that didn't look like what he wanted to do. He came in ugly and overweight, and he didn't look like himself. You never know what that training camp looks like. When you're looking at the numbers. He did some things, some Andrew Ruiz stuff in the offseason here in the interim that that made it not even a fight. It wasn't even fun. You didn't show up to win. You got the memo that Jake Paul was supposed to knock you out because he's the greatest fighter on the planet, and you and you followed suit.
3: Well, I don't necessarily think it was necessarily Askren's fault for coming in overweight. He he wrestled in at the Olympics at 160, and he fought at 170. Who are we the, no, Listen, are listen. Coming in over hold right. on, McDonalds. No, the it's weight limit. McDonalds. Limits, fault. No, no. So um, they were fighting at 190. The man's been fighting at 170 his whole career, and right. then they add right. an extra Can 20 I, pounds. Do you mind if I
2: let me explain? Go ahead. Go
3: There's ahead, three, Joe. three,
2: th- three things I think are important <laughs> to point out right now. Number one, Jake Paul's not a boxer. Ben Askren, not a boxer. Give you one better. Conor McGregor, not a boxer. Stop pretending these guys are boxers. These guys are fighters. Okay? Boxers fight professional boxers, and they work their way up until people are like, hey, this guy's pretty good. You win fights, you work your way into contention. That's what real fighters do. If Jake Paul wants to be a real boy, then he's got to fight real fighters, actual boxers. You can go fight guys that are one and four and two and ten, but they have to be boxers who know how to box. Otherwise, this is a joke. Okay. No, tell me, tell me what the, the motivation
1: other day, is, though. What's listen, his motivation for that?
2: He wants to be a boxer. So then be a boxer. He thinks that by fighting guys that are fighters, that he's buying credibility and we're allowing it. That's ridiculous. Hey Robinson's that? not a boxer.
1: What were you saying, Jack? So John Scully said to me, none of those guys can fight. It's one of the things he said that I'll never, ever forget. I was a young kid. I got, in a, I got bullied my whole life and then started fighting back. And all of a sudden, I'm beating everybody up, right? And so I'm this great fighter. I'm going to go start my championship run now. Like I said, showed up at the gym like I don't want to hurt anybody, guys. Um <laughs> But got beat up at every gym. At every gym, I was that kid walking in that somebody there needed a little confidence boost. And for the first 18 gyms, that's what it was. As you walk in, you work out a little bit. Can I spar with somebody (laughs) who wants the new guy? Right? And then I have this quarrel at my house and lace the kids up and start this little fight club where I'm competitive. All of a sudden I'm in the top couple guys in this fight club where every gym I go to, I get beat up. Um, and John Scully was the first one to really bring me in and work with me and not look at me as, as something to feed to the wolves. Cause I wasn't going to be there long and, and didn't have the, the talent to be a champion. He was literally the first trainer that did that with me. Um, So not being fed to the wolves, I then went back to the gym. And I. there was one point I said to John, uh, um, why can't I get any ends here? <laughs> why do I do so well in the street and so well at my fight club? And then he said, none of those kids can really fight. Because nobody you ever fought can really fight. Those levels are so misunderstood by the general public. And um, the motivation. For me, with, with Chad Dawson and Jose Rivera and Matt Remillard in the gym and Lawrence Claybay, and knowing I'm never going to achieve that level because anytime I want, I can get in the ring with one of those guys and they'll turn it up to about 0.5 and I won't get anywhere. So where do I get that other stuff? I don't want to be in any tournaments, right? Where do I get to reap those other those other benefits of boxing? In amateur boxing after two, three years of training? And I've actually turned into this one of these wolves? Had a couple of those confidence boosts come in for myself, a couple of Chris Bakers? Where do you get that? What's the motivation for so so put yourself Firmly in the shoes of Jake Paul. Yeah, I want to be a boxer, but I don't want to be the greatest boxer of all time. I'm not there. I started too late. I'm probably never going to get there. In his heart of hearts, he knows that. But he's selling something else. And he's doing a pretty damn good job of it. And the motivation for him to fight anybody else and prove exactly where he stands on that ladder with those wolves, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Put me in a fight I can win where I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Why not? You can put me in a fight I'm going to win where I can make a lot of money. Hey, it's entertaining as hell. Let's do it. Put me in a fight that's winnable. It's entertaining and people will watch it. That's what we're proving here. Put Joe in a fight that's winnable fight for him. People will watch it. It will be our highest rated show. Put Jace with somebody in his size that he might beat and put them in a ring together and let them bang, and it's our highest-rated any show. You let those guys on Speaking It Real box each other. It's their highest-rated show. Stir the Pot Sports, this is your shout-out. When Scrub Scrap starts going, you guys can box each other. I promise you, it's your highest-rated show. If The View decided to match up, those four girls and have two of them fight the other two of them, it's your best rated view of all time. And that's what we've tapped into here is the entertainment value of boxing. So let's not lose this magic in the fact that we put surrounded it with flipping stripper poles and backup dancers and Purple Urkel. Let's not get lost. Let's not lose the magic in the smoke. But <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> welcome back welcome back guys my well, bad
2: the worst part is i mean look professional boxing in my opinion is hurting and to see something like this and that i mean again jared it, it's not like the fans don't want it because they do but for for jake paul this is about like zay said getting followers this isn't this isn't anything more for him this is like i'm gonna go smash people this would be awesome i'm not gonna fight anybody for real uh we're gonna preview jose masvidal and uzman later on in this show a guy who literally earned his way by fighting in kimbo slices backyard to achieve superstardom and fame Nobody was nobody was handing it to Jorge that's Masvidal. A fair point. <laughs> and so I think that's probably what irks me the most is is to know that guys like Kimbo and Masvidal that they were fighting in their backyard like serious fighting though. With the idea that maybe probably not we'll just do this here. That's how much we love to fight. You know. This stuff is bullshit as far as I'm concerned. I'm offended by it. If you're going to do it, do it. Don't make a spectacle of it. Because to me, it's an it's an embarrassment to boxing.
1: So yeah. here's, here's what I want to say is, um, first of all, that's a very fair point, Joe. If I had to make my stones with 12-ounce gloves and Nate Robinson or barehanded with Kimbo Slice in his backyard, <laughs> give me Nate Robinson all day, I'll all fight day. him twice. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. That being said, what if I got to pick? What if I got to pick? What if I sat up in that highest chair for Trilla and yeah. sat at the gyms and watched these guys trained and looked at the numbers and I did the matchup and the next time Jake Paul fought because he was under my label, fought the guy I wanted him to fight on the level I wanted him to fight. Beginner, amateur, senior citizen, celebrity, or professional, whatever level you're on, let's make some levels to this. And if that person gets to pick, and that's the idea, you have one trainer, one gym, that person gets to pick. The problem is, Nate Robinson? Sure, why not? Clarissa Shields, can we make it happen? I mean, payday. There's no motivation for it. Let me tell you a quick story.
2: No commission. In 1998, I was doing an appearance at a car dealership along with Harlem Globetrotter Orlando Antigua. And I said to this professional basketball player, playing at the highest level of hoops, he's he's beyond the NBA. (laughs) This guy's spinning balls on his head while he's spinning two balls on his fingers. I said, let's play one-on-one. He said, no. You'll never get a shot off. I said, let's play horse. He said, okay. And we did. And I hit some really cool shots behind vehicles, right? And it was going pretty well. H O R S to H O R S. That's where we were at. And it was Orlando Antigua shot. You know what he did? He dumped. Yeah, he dunked. <laughs> he me the football and he said, game. So (laughs) when you're playing uh, with professionals, I mean, that's what would really happen. So, again, if Jake Paul wants to get into a ring with Manny Pacquiao, I'll pay a million dollars to watch that fight. And I would be happy to attend Jake's funeral in the morning. <laughs>
1: but then Manny Pacquiao's making then Manny Pacquiao's in the same boat and doing the same thing that you're condemning Jake Paul for. But
2: I know who Manny Pacquiao is. Yeah. And I know what Manny will do to that guy. Uh, and we I, don't know who Jake know,
1: Paul is. I
2: think you. I mean as far as boxing is concerned, if you if you wanna if you wanna show me how good you are, right? The, Jared, if I would have beaten, if I would have beaten Orlando Antigua.
1: If I, I like would have
2: Orlando Antigua, should I have gone and tried out for the Globe Trotters? No. Should, should I have applied for the NBA draft that year?
1: I'm not a real basketball player, so again. I'm okay fighting, but I don't want to know how good I am. Hey, hey, when I stopped, one of the things that stopped me biting was was stopped my boxing, actual boxing, beyond the separated shoulder and not being very good at it, Um, on the highest level, was uh, the the Ali Frazier trilogy. Um, Just one day watch those three fights right in a row. It's going to take you a while, but... um, If you're not, if you're not, if there's not a piece of you wanting it to stop, then I don't know what you're made of. We found out with those two guys exactly how good they were. Greater than all of the rest, and we found it out because of each other. And I'm 27 years old and wondering if I want to find that guy. If I want to climb that ladder, get knocked out by everybody above, beat up everybody below, find that guy, prove my greatness, and have that Gaudy Ward trilogy, and know exactly how good I am. No. No, because the punishment the mileage alton no no i'm comfortable I, I like fighting and i'll box as scrub scrubs. i'm down to box but i don't i you know as far as climbing that ladder knowing exactly how good i am we jake paul doesn't want to know how good he is we already know right about how good he is and the biggest problem is the general public doesn't make levels picks the pick the fights for him.
2: You, These are you, easy fixes. Hold on. Keep you, the magic. Said, you said this is like scrub scraps on steroids, and I would say the opposite. I think scrub scraps mm. is this on steroids. <laughs> I think this is <laughs> oh, making yeah. a mockery of it. If, if you and scrub scraps were just screwing around and being stupid, then that's what this would be, but then you would just have celebrities, which would just, to me, make it worse. So I, I understand where you see the connection, that idea of putting people together. Yeah, I like the idea. Train two people of even skill and put them in a ring. Putting somebody like, Jay, look, Jake Paul can box a little bit. And you're right, he doesn't want to know how good he is because he's mediocre and will get destroyed by any professional, especially any any kind of boxer I mean, right. Most of these, he started boxing when he was three years old by eight. He was a champion and Jake Paul started boxing a month ago and now he's had two fights. You're not real. And you, of course you don't want to be real. He, He wouldn't, he would never last with an actual fighter. Who's got some actual ring experience. So keep on, you know, again, keep on slapping around as Tony said, Hollywood Squares contestant.
1: <laughs> Is it going to happen? Is he going to get to that level where it's a good fight?
3: Well, a, doesn't he train with uh, Ryan Garcia? I, I think he knows his place, and he's going to keep taking these fights. But the thing, the, my real problem with this, I mean, well, first off, Ben Askren wasn't, like, this was a joke to Ben Askren. The only person taking this seriously was Jake Paul. If you, I mean, in when Pete Davidson's going in to interview Ben Askren, he's sitting there talking about Bitcoin before the fight. He's not paying attention to the fight. Jake Paul has his whole crew, and they're, like, huddled around talking about the fight. He was focused, and Ben Askren was caring about cryptocurrency. But then, I mean, To call this professional boxing, they're pissing in a jar and calling it fucking sweet You just need
1: somebody to... But hey, so if you just had somebody to pick, if you just... Here's the problem with bullying and victims is bullies, they always get to pick. If somebody's matching those two up together, all of a sudden the bully goes, well, I'm not sure I want to be in this room right now. Or do the damn thing. Problem with the victim... They don't get to pick the other person. If they, if you pick the other person for them, and that's what's going on here. These guys are picking and choosing, and sooner or later, we'll maybe get a good fight. If somebody else got to pick, you'd have good fights. This is wildly entertaining. People that don't know what's going on that everybody's heard of. Britney Spears versus Christina Aguilera. When's that? Well, I'm watching it. I'm watching it too. That's what I'm saying is let's not lose the magic that's here because we don't have somebody picking. If I choose the matchups and you take out the the music and the purple urkel and the, and the strippers and put that on a different show, I don't I don't really think all of that belongs there. Um, maybe one of those. do we need like six concerts in the middle of the f- anyways, anyways, um yeah, save it. Save why don't they parts? just?
2: Why don't they just bring back celebrity death match? But just for reals, for real though, <laughs> for reals though.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, like how is this called professional box How is this professional? That, that's my big. They're peeing in a jar. You and calling would
2: it. think. Sweet you team. would think there would be two professionals if there was a professional boxing match.
1: They hit it again, though. But hey, they struck gold again. Celebrity boxing struck gold. Bum fights went viral. Street beefs is doing well. But do you think- This was the highest trending thing when it was on during that time on the weekend in prime time. The highest trending thing.
2: With with millennials or with boxing fans, because I but, think we but don't we, take away the we, magic. I think don't it's a, I think there's a distinct there's two distinct groups we're talking about here. I don't think boxing fans were lining up to watch Ben. As- First of all, most fight fans don't even like Ben Askren.
1: But Let alone, watch little alone Little Jake Paul. Value. You watch it for the entertainment as well as because you're a boxing fan and you appreciate the art. If you're going to get that entertainment, you're going to watch. You'll watch me fight, Joe. Every time I fight, you'll watch me fight. Not because I'm the best boxer in the world or to find out where I fall on that ladder, not because I'm Jake Paul, but because you know me.
2: If Triple G and Canelo said they were going to fight three times this year, I'd book all three now. If if Mm. Bud Crawford was gonna fight uh, uh Spence you know, book it book it I watch it every weekend yeah. but see boxing boxing can't make good fights right now and there's a huge opening for people to exploit it mm-hmm. and so that is exactly what's happening here again what you're trying to do and what you're talking about and what this clown's doing, Are different things. So this is this is literally like just if boxing was just Apollo Creed's entrance, boop. That's what. That's all we're watching now. We're not watching a fight. We're just watching Apollo living in America. That's all this is for, like three hours. And you're calling it
1: boxing? It's not. So take what we have right now with professional boxing, amateur boxing and then beginner's boxing which is scrub scraps the only approved program of the sort for beginner's boxing and can you picture that format that i have for scrub scraps that we've been using for for that for that uh league and see it absorbing what mike tyson's doing and absorbing trilla and these becoming branches of it. These are our most famous scrub scrap people and our oldest scrub scrap people. And they, they, at the end of the day, it's a hashtag my wife came up with, I love it. I don't think it's completely true, but I love it. Boxing is for everyone. And that's the message we send. Scrub scraps. Boxing is for everyone. There's a spot for you in this sport. There's no reason you can go play softball with your friends and your skill level won't matter. Have you seen those D-League softball games, (laughs) Mike? Go to a D-League co-ed softball game. And it's not near. If a fist fight breaks out there, more people are watching than were. It's the most entertaining thing. We open it up. We make it for everybody and everybody wants in on it. And then we just make levels and, and section it off so that these guys have a spot so that you don't have Roy Jones Jr. versus Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather versus, you know, RuPaul.
2: The problem is actually boxers are buying into BS like Floyd. Again, Floyd is the one, Floyd Mayweather is the guy who turned this whole thing into a circus. So,
1: of course, he's oh, yeah.
2: encouraging more clowns. Why wouldn't he? It's the clown prince of boxing.
1: Well, and John Scully talks about it all the time. Trainers come out like, oh, man, I've been in the ring with this guy. This guy could have been a professional fighter. If there's a, oh, this Justin Bieber can really throw a punch. Did you see the arc? Because get the hell out of here. No. No, he can't. I'll fight Justin Bieber. I'm ready. I've trained. Justin, it's not too late to say sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm
1: ready, buddy. I'm ready. Jake Paul Undercard.
3: See, Jared, you keep saying there's levels, and I, I agree, but we keep putting Logan Paul, I mean the Paul, Jake Paul, Logan Paul in that pro level. That they're not pros. They shouldn't be pros, shouldn't be professional boxing. That that's my solid point. amateur, maybe. Yeah. Yes. All right. But now let's talk about real boxing and real actual good boxing as Demetrius Andrade dominated liam williams in a unanimous decision victory this, this this guy needs this guy needs a charlo he needs a triple g he needs a canelo give andre someone to show the world how good he actually is
1: Jared, andre agree? by
3: decision is that that was that's a good bet
1: yeah i andre, like it deci- andre by decision yeah, yeah yeah i said that um but he, he he not only won and was convincing about it and dominated, but he also looked touchable in spots. And I think that, more than the win or anything else he could have done, will probably get him one of those shots. He got he got touched once or twice, and I think those guys will see that, and uh his next fight should be a big one.
2: Um credit to Liam Williams because I thought guy showed a lot of heart, but I love this after the fight. He said, I believe Demetrius is probably the best of the world champions other than Canelo. Wow. I mean, I thought that was uh, coming a, a pretty from a Liam coming from a Liam. And you know, how, you know, you know how <laughs> they do. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm. I, I, I like what you're saying there, Jared. My thought was after watching this, Charlo and Triple G are like, I'm not fighting that guy. No way, no how. No reason to fight him. Uh, if they wanted to fight him, they certainly would have fought him by now. Uh, both of them are pretty. I mean, they've all got open calendars at this point. It's it's If you guys want to do this next weekend, month from now, whatever, we we can do this. Nobody's really doing anything, and again, that's what's so upsetting to me is I have to watch Jake Paul beat Curly Hair McGee when when we could be watching a- Andre and Charlo. And then and then next month, the winner, let's fight in Triple G. And, and then maybe, can, uh, who knows? We could do some things. We could talk. But this was great boxing. I mean, th- th- I thought this was yes. a really good fight. I think Andrade really showed the kind of fighter that he is. And again, man, credit to Liam Williams because I, I thought that dude showed a ton of heart. It was a, a really enjoyable fight, uh, but Demetrius clearly just dominated. Um, and, it, and 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 i will tell you what, I think if if you're if you're Jamal Charles, I think you should want to go get somebody like this. I I think that could only elevate his stock.
1: Oh, if Be you're Charles, I mean, but risky. Oh, you know, I take on drugs. I take on with
4: Charlo.
2: You did you right? You gotta you gotta you gotta take some risks here. I think this could I mean there there's definitely fights to be made, but you've got some great fighters right now in this division. Make the fights.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, you need to find if you are one of those guys like a Charlo, you, you need to find that good dance partner to make a good fight that brings other people in because we all know who Charlo is. But if you pick up Joe Schmo off the side of the road, he's not gonna know. He's not gonna know who Andre is. they need these fights to happen to fit, so people learn their names.
1: That's a local guy that's aging too. Like he's got it's got to be his next fight. His next fight has to be the big one.
2: So I mean, again, if you're Charleroi Triple G, you lose <laughs> to this guy. Canelo's gone. There's no that it's not. You know, not only is it probably not definitely gonna happen, it'll never happen. And so, again, because everybody's ducking everybody, it's really making it tough for a guy like Andrade he, to get a big fight up? because who who wants to take that chance and ruin these super fights that are never getting made? Yeah. And again, Jake Paul's going to beat some bum next week, and we'll watch that instead because that's the biggest
3: thing going on in the fight game. Yikes. Yeah, We're going to have a bunch of kids growing up who think Jake Paul is a better boxer than, and they're not going to know who Demetrius Adrian and yeah. is. is. Yeah.
0: That's
1: sad. That, I, before we move on, there's a fight a little later today. Uh, Column Johnson is a 30 to one favorite. Um, Now he obviously could just walk over uh, Emil Markic. But uh, I just want to have said he may get upset later today. Colum Johnson, 31 favorite. Okay. I want to have said that out
3: loud.
2: All right. You know, it, it Demetrius Andrade should fight kindly Kean from YouTube. My son watches his videos. He plays video games. I bet you he <laughs> would beat that guy down. But that'd be a fun fight. I hope they can make that one. Get little Wayne down there <laughs> oh, doing some geez. raps. Well, you know, Oscar De La Hoya Smoking the hooch it would be a fun night Let's do it Let's do it Get some SNL Get some SNL uh, 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 Hosts To come on in And talk about what's Yeah Do that That's I have, what I love I
3: Have uh, Rick Flair host another slap boxing Yeah That's what <laughs> I'm into Alright Now Let's talk about real fights I mean Let's go from Boxing middleweights the UFC middleweights, as Robert Whitaker gets a unanimous decision over Calvin Gastelum. Uh, I mean, Joe, does he, does Robert Whitaker deserve the next title shot?
2: First and foremost, Jace, let me point out that what I told you last Saturday was that Whitaker was going to dominate, start to finish, standing up and on the ground, and I think the 50 45s show you exactly what I was talking about. And you guys know how I feel about Marvin Vittori. And I said I thought maybe Marvin Vittori, uh, by virtue of not having already lost to Adesanya, well, I guess having lost a better a better fight uh, earlier in his career to Adesanya, that he should be uh, the guy that goes next. After seeing what Robert Whitaker did and to see what he's done, uh, both to Jared Cannonier and Darren Till before that, He's clearly the number one contender. And while I'm not ready to make this call just yet, there's a good chance that I might be picking him to beat Israel Adesanya when that matchup does occur.
1: Okay. Is he better than Vitor?
2: Um, right now, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to mess with what Whitaker. You know, it's something occurred to me. Kevin Castellum. Thank <laughs> jogged to the ring, and Robert Whittaker walked into the ring like he was the Grim Reaper. His eyes were glossed over. He walked methodically slow. He looked like a man who was about to destroy another man so he could go get his belt back. And so anybody that's standing in front of Robert Whitaker right now, I would say watch your neck because he's going to take your head clean off it.
1: Might be a good idea to find somewhere else to be. Jared- yeah, this yeah. guy, Robert, Robert Whittaker, man, this is uh, this is what uh, Joe and I said was going to happen, and what Jace's was it as hard or his... my his my brain said it was happening? Your brain, no. it was my- <laughs> hard not. So me, you, and his, uh, you know, his ear, all decided that that was going to happen. Um. It was a little more dominant than I thought it'd be. I, I mean, from the outside, it was it was what I thought would happen. But man, this is uh, it was it wasn't even a good fight,
2: Jared. That was like what I said was going to happen. But like best case scenario, like I mean, I said he was going to dominate. I didn't even I was surprised that it was as dominant. And you're right, it wasn't a fight. It was it was literally every time Gastelum landed one. Bam, 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 and it made for a really long five rounds for Gastelum. I mean, when you're getting hit three for every one you're throwing, let alone
1: landing, ooh, bad. Joe's analysis I said he was gonna dominate, and it was worse than that. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I yeah. mean, it was right, it was like a shocking beatdown. And again, I like Gastelum, dude, and I felt bad. The the best was when they announced 50-45. This is what Gastelum was doing. He literally <laughs> nodded. No, all three judges had. I him just said like, forty
1: four, yeah. but you guys are close. You guys are close. Everybody
2: got that right. Good job, guys. I mean, you heard that knew? guy's. I got forty five points. He yeah, forty five. Yay! <laughs> hey! um, came in with zero today. That's great. Um,
1: <laughs> working for a living. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but now, hey, breaking news um, uh, It looks as though Whitaker Will not be cleared in time For when Israel Adesanya's Next fight Or at least what Izzy wants to do Dana White's now saying Marvin Vittori's Gonna be the first guy to get a crack here At Adesanya, just cause the timelines Match up, so
3: Interesting
2: Not official, but it looks like that's now what Dana's pushing So Okay
3: Okay but- I'm intrigued.
2: As I, soon as I get on board to Whitaker fighting
3: Adesanya again, I finally convinced. Her <laughs> like, no, not that. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think Whitaker could have beaten Adesanya. I do like the Vittori matchup more for the challenger, but uh, Whitaker that one-two head kick combo was so. Like I don't even know how to explain it. It was just so good, so crisp. I mean, he is on another level, and I'm excited to see him continue to fight back for the top. And that rematch is going to be great if we get to see it. Who knows now? But uh, now let's get in to who you got this week. And we talk a lot about fighters, but we don't talk about the men or women behind the fighter. So who you got? As the best trainer/slash coach in combat sports right now. Jared, we're gonna start off with you this time.
1: Um so best I guess is relative. I mean, of course, you wanna um Freddie Roach your way out of this, maybe. Um, and I have to say John Scully. I have to say that it's the trainer I just alluded to that after all of the gyms in the in New England. You know, didn't look at me as an opportunity for somebody else to sharp, sharpen their skills and build their confidence. Um, and also happened to be the trainer of, uh, Matt Remillard. Uh, he did the bulk of the great work with Chad Dawson. He's currently, uh, Archer trainer. Um, was a light heavyweight contender. This, this is, uh, this, this, I, it, it's hard to, for me to argue on either level. Like, even if I take my personal relationship out, I still think there's a great ar- great argument for, on paper, John Scully being one of the best trainers, if not the best trainer, in combat sports right now. He's trained some of the best fighters. Chad was on the pound-for-pound pound list. Archer's on the pound-for-pound pound list. I'll take John Scully.
2: Okay. Very, very good pick. I'm glad we didn't pick the same person. But excellent, excellent pick. I'm going to go I'd with. i have been okay uh, if we did at that time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with Trevor Whitman, who um, has closed all of his other gyms and is exclusively working with Thug Rose Namajunas, Justin Gaethje, and Kamara Usman. Previously, uh, he's had Stipe, Donald Cerrone, George St. Pierre, Richard Evans, Shane Carwin, Melvin Gillard, Roy Nelson, Todd Duffy, and Pat Berry. He's also won the Sean Tompkins Coach of the Year Award in 2017 and 2019. That's my guy. Jace, I got a feeling... that you might we might have picked the same guy just based off your reaction that or you don't like my pick
3: <laughs> no i i also picked Trevor Whitman i mean he's great uh, i love how when he's not cornering the ESPN uses him to analyze the corner which i think is really really cool it's nice to get that little input but yeah this, this guy's a stud i mean he's great To see how much, uh, really, Usman, uh, seeing the growth that he went from ATT and when he came in, and he's kind of got, since he's been with uh, Whitman, he's kind of got a swagger about himself, which is new, which I, I, I really like. And I think can really help him break off from that, like I've said before, like that Bud Crawford type feel where people, like he's just doing business and not really. Uh, selling the fight But I, I think he is selling the fight now So I, I like that a lot And then also I, I've watched a lot of the UFC embedded From this week And those Whitman's That crew you just mentioned Joe He's got them That they, they are Together They're a solid core That they, they hang out with each other all the time So I, I think that's really good They're a solid team And they've got that chemistry Which I, I think is really good
2: I was watching Rose beat the crap out of Gaichi last night uh, in training, which I thought was dope, man. Like, she's throwing him around. They're for real and not for nothing, but right? Kamara Usman's like, hey, real quick, let me go show uh, Francis and Ganu how to wrestle and beat Stipe. I mean, (laughs) even the the branches are affecting everybody. So, yeah, great. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to scoop your guy. We probably should have talked about that
1: beforehand. The other cool you don't thing want is an honorable mention for Henry Hoofed here, Jace.
2: I'm I glad... really thought you were
1: going to say Henry Hoofed.
2: I'm glad we all didn't pick Whitman. That
3: would have been, um, yeah, Henry Hoofed. Uh, Duke Rufus would would have been here, but I mean, after Ben Askren and uh Tyron Woodley, that that's kind of rough. But uh, um.
2: Colorado, Colorado, by the way, that's where it's at, man. You want to get some good cardio training in. You want to stay hydrated. If you don't do it in Denver, you are die. It's a serious yes. thing to stay hydrated at at, 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 at you know 15,000 feet above sea level. You better be hydrated. Uh, and And, I mean, no better way to get your cardio up. And you could see it with these people. You could see everybody that's training out there, boy. It's making a huge difference. So I'm not sure why Connor went to Portugal. Should have gone to Denver, Colorado. <laughs> yes, sir. Rocky
1: Mountain, Colorado.
3: <laughs> also, five thousand, not fifteen thousand feet above sea level. Denver is <laughs> another uh, honorable mention. Uh, Jason Perillo, great striking coach uh, for Bisbing. Uh, Chris Cyborg. Um, yeah. So, didn't he do Riding Solo? Jason, God damn you, Jerry. You're so funny. All right, now <laughs> let's get That's in. That's cool how he
1: did the whole trainer thing and then was able to shoot music videos and <laughs> stuff
3: too. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. We'll let's let us let us get into tonight's fights. Starting off, uh, I guess we'll go. We'll work our way up to the main event. Start off with. The bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. But here's the tell tape. Jessica Andraj is 29
2: years old. She's five foot one with a 62 inch reach and has a record of 21 and eight with eight knockouts and seven submissions. From Parana, Brazil, Andraj grew up on a farm with aspirations of becoming a soccer player and was offered a spot on a soccer club in Sao Paulo. But when her parents forbade her from moving there, she began training in judo and jiu jitsu. She excelled at both and earned the nickname "Pile Driver" when she illegally used the move in an amateur match. She turned pro in 2011 and won seven of her first eight, all by stoppage, before dropping a decision to former invicta champion Jennifer Maya. After winning her next two fights by submission, she was stopped with a brutal ground to pound by Liz Carmucci in her UFC debut. She bounced back with wins over Raquel Pennington, Larissa Pacheco, and Sarah Morass. And after losing the rematch to Pennington via rear naked choke, she moved up to strawweight, knocking out Jessica Penney in the second round. Andraj followed that victory with a guillotine of Joanne Calderwood and a decision over Invicta champion Angela Hill to put her in line to challenge for the title against the great Joanna Janjacek. In an exciting but one-sided fight, Andraj was thoroughly outstruck by the champ, losing a 50-44 unanimous decision. Solid wins over Tisha Torres and Carolina Kuala Cowitz earned her a second shot at the title, this time taking on new champion Rose Namayunis. After getting the worst of the exchanges in round one, Andraj was able to pick Rose up and slam her on her head, knocking her out and winning both the title and the performance of the night. Her reign was short-lived, however as in her first defense, she was quickly overwhelmed in a 42-second blitz by China's Wei Li Zhang, who viciously beat Andraj with a series of punches and knees before the referee stopped the fight. The following year saw Andraj lose a rematch with Rose Namayumas before moving up to flyweight and stopping Caitlin Kukagian with a powerful hook to the body. One of the most physically imposing female fighters, Andraj has a highly aggressive brawling style and possesses immense strength, solid wrestling skills, and excellent cardio. Valentina Bullet shevchenko is 33 years old. She's 5'5 with a 66 and half inch reach and a record of 20 and 3 with 6 knockouts and 7 submissions. Born in Kazakhstan, her mother Elena, a Muay Thai world champion, got her into martial arts at the age of 5, and at the age of 12, she began her kickboxing career, amassing a record of 57 and 2, winning eight gold medals in international competitions and becoming recognized as one of the greatest Muay Thai fighters of all time before switching to MMA. After winning her first seven fights by stoppage, she lost to Liz Carmucci by a controversial doctor stoppage after sustaining a nasty cut from an illegal kick that should have resulted in a DQ win for her. She quickly racked up five more wins before dropping a decision to all-time great Amanda Nunes. She rebounded with a dominant win over Holly Holm and a performance of the night submission of Juliana Pena to set up a rematch with Nunes for the bantamweight title. And in an exciting and highly technical fight, Shevchenko dominated the action, but came up short again, losing a hard-fought split decision. After the loss, Valentina moved back down to flyweight, submitting Priscilla Cachoeira and then dominating former kickboxing rival Joanna Janjacek in impressive fashion to claim the vacant title. In her first defense, she knocked out Jessica I with a highlight reel head kick and then got her revenge on Liz Carmucci, winning an unanimous decision. Next up was Caitlin Kukagian, and after controlling the action with punches, grappling, and even a spinning wheel kick, Valentina caught Kukagian in a crucifix and landed a barrage of unanswered punches to force the stoppage. In November 2020, Shevchenko made her fourth defense, winning a convincing unanimous decision over top contender Jennifer Maya. An excellent counter-striker with a high fight IQ, Bullet has an exceptional ability to gauge distance, usually with a leg kick before and after a flurry. On defense, she typically counters with either a spinning back fist or wheel kick and possesses elite-level grappling with some excellent submissions. Jessica Andrade
3: versus Valentina Shevchenko tonight That should be fun I'm excited I I will say I, I Valentina Shevchenko obviously one of the pound for pound top easily top five right now I think this will be the toughest fight she's had at flyweight but she will still dominate Andrade
2: yeah, you know, um, I, I think Valentina wins the fight. I mean, Jessica Andrade is tough uh, and, and and is is never going to be a pushover ever. So I think this is going to be a great fight. I think Valentina was a little flat last time out. Um, you know, we sort of talked about the fight with uh, Jennifer Maya and, and, you know, maybe Valentina just trying to get some, some ring time in uh, seemed to sort of prolong that fight. So... I don't know if it was that or if she just struggled with Maya. So, again, I think this will be interesting. Uh, I mean, again, Andrade is a beast. So it's going to be a great fight. I'm super excited about it. This whole card is absolutely uh, off the hook. I don't think Jared knows I'm up to like 3 o'clock in the morning making these um, videos because every time I play one, he gets up and he leaves. And I'm like, I made this for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, take take Shevchenko though. I think we're all taking Shevchenko, right? Yeah. I'll tell you. Wait. All right. Um I want to talk about something real quick. This is one of my favorite fighters in MMA and I want to see if by the resume you guys can tell me who it is doesn't get nearly enough credit. Um Ronda Marcos Carla Esparza, Beck Rollins. Those are the three fights on her amateur career. Then beat Paige Van Zandt, beat Rose Namajunas, beat Felice Herrig, beat Angela Magana, Angela Hill, lost to Rose Namajunas in the rematch, beat Meg Rollins, beat Michelle Watterson, lost to Jessica Andre, lost to Joanna Janjacek, lost to Zangweli, lost to Mariana Rodriguez, Never been stopped,"
3: said uh, Tisha Torres.
1: Hey, Good, yeah, Jeez, for the win, Tisha nice Torres. Job, Never been stopped, and that's a, and uh, some of those unanimous decisions were arguable fights. She landed the more volume of shots. Um, tiny tornado, perfect nickname. Lover fought all of these girls. She'll tell you who's going to win. Shevchenko. And Rose loses. Loses, too. Mm -hmm. These are, uh, these are, uh, man, I parlayed the champs. Mm -hmm. I parlayed the champs. And Shevchenko is, I think you're right. That's, if I'm worried, man, Andre comes in sometimes and just looks so much stronger than her opposition. You know, she's one of those Derek Lewis types of the, of the female division, you know, the cannoneer types that has the power just to be a problem. She could be a problem.
2: Yeah, she struggles with counter strikers, uh, like in Jay Chick and 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 Whaley and, and Rose uh in and her past. So again, I you know I feel like this is a it's a good fight for Valentina. You know, maybe you see a, one of them sweet, sweet head kicks. I'm always a big fan of the of the head kicks, maybe in a little swinging back fist. Uh, I think I think she'll catch her and drop her at some point, and and definitely get a little grounded pound action in, which we love. You know, <laughs> we love our Valentina. You know, we'll all really, be
4: doing the Chev round and the, the pound fire. of the, of the
2: yeah, So this could be. I'm excited. I this really is for me one of my. These are a lot of people that I like. I don't yeah. really know. I'm not really a big fan of uh, of of uh, Lee, but uh, everybody else fighting. I'm. I'm not that I don't like her, don't get me wrong. I don't mean it like that. I just don't don't know her enough. She is a very dominant fighter, uh, and I'm super excited. She's uh, she's the fifth best person uh in, in the six for me, skill level wise.
3: Okay. So that's good. All right. Well, speaking of that fight, let's preview it right now. Rose Nami 28 years old, she's five five with a sixty-five inch reach and a record of 9-4 with one knockout and five submissions. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Thug Rose started training in martial arts at the age of five and got her black belt at nine. She began training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing under Duke Rufus while still in high school. After graduation, had a brief amateur career going 4-0 before turning pro at Invicta FC4, scoring a third-round submission over Emily Kagan and followed that up with a wild flying armbar submission in her second fight. After dropping a decision to Tisha Torres, Rose joined the UFC for Season 20 of The Ultimate Fighter. After three straight submissions over Alex Chambers, Joanne Calderwood, and Randa Marcos, Rose made it to the finals, but lost via rear naked choke in the third round. In 2015, she defeated both Angela Hill, and Paige Van Zandt by submission and followed those wins with a decision over Tisha Torres. After submitting Michelle Watterson, she took on strawweight champ Joanna Janjacek, and despite being a massive underdog, she knocked out Jacek with a brutal 1-2 in round one. After defeating Janjacek in the rematch, she was forced to take the rest of the year off due to a C6 vertebrae compression fractures sustained while training with Valentina Shevchenko. Upon her return, she dominated Jessica Andrade, but ultimately lost via knockout when she was slammed down in the second round. This past July, Rose got her revenge, defeating Andrade via split decision. A student of Trevor Whitman, Rose is a highly proficient striker with excellent footwork, high kicks, and, after closing the distance, will typically go for a submission. Wei Li young, 31 years old, 5'4", with a 63-inch reach, and a record of 21-1, with 10 knockouts and 7 submissions. Born in Handan, China, she began training in MMA at the age of 12, learning Kung Fu, as well as Chinese boxing and wrestling. While working as a fitness instructor, she began learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and decided to become a professional fighter. She made her pro debut in 2013, losing via decision to Meng Bo, and then won her next 12 by stoppage to claim her first world title, winning the KFL strawweight belt via second round knockout over Simone Durante. After four defenses, she made her UFC debut in 2018 with a dominant win over Danielle Taylor and followed that with a first-round submission of Jessica Aguilar. She then beat Tisha Torres by decision and then blew out Jessica Andrade in 42 seconds, stunning her with a right cross and then bombarding her with knees and punches to get the stoppage to claim the women's strawweight title. After moving to Dubai and failing several times to obtain a visa, she was finally allowed to enter the United States to defend her title against Joanna Janjacek. In one of the greatest fights in UFC history, Zhang pulled off the split decision victory in a brutal, epic war. That saw both women combine for 351 strikes and spend the night in the hospital. The fight was declared fight of the year and both women were given two months medical suspensions to recover. A technically sound striker, Magnum possesses immense power, a high fight IQ, excellent wrestling, and the ability to walk opponents down and control the fight. Joe, who's going to win? Boy,
2: I, you know, I just was talking about how much I love Trevor Whitman and I love Rose Namajunas. I just, boy, you know, Wiley's got such such power that I don't know, and I feel like I gotta go. I gotta do it. I'm doing it. I'm gonna take and Wiley, and still, yeah, it hurts my heart to do it, but uh, this is um, this is a tough fight for for Rose. Um, and I know she's gonna be in it, and she's gonna she's gonna give her give her all, and 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 I don't know, man. Just Wiley is just I feel like I feel like she's kind of getting there to like that Nunez level where you're like, oh, jeez. Um, you know, the other thing that occurred to me too is uh, Andrade reminds me a lot of Gastelum and that she's short and her arms are like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it's hard to fight these bigger, longer fighters. You got to be in the pocket, and then of course you're going to get your face bashed in all night. So that's tough.
1: I love Rose, man. I'm in. I'm in the same boat as you. It's one of my wife's favorite fighters. It's not my unisom. I don't see her winning this fight. I think this is a dangerous fight. I wish there was some kind of prop bet on whether we'd see her cry. Yeah, I know that's a shitty thing to say, but I think Rose Namayunis will cry tonight.
2: I'll take that bet, sir. Yeah, um, I love her to death, man. Right? She does. She's all my favorite when she won the championship, and she was like, This means nothing, man. Just be a good person. Like, <laughs> you, you, you could She's just so tell awesome. the kind of person that she is. And again, to see her hanging out with Gaethje, um, you just kind of get a sense of, of of who and what you're talking about, and the kind of people that
1: these guys are. So I, I'll never she was on I'll the never... Old
0: Tech too.
1: Like, go watch that yeah. season if you oh, don't yeah. know Rose, because you'll fall in love with her just like we did.
2: Oh, I love Thug Rose, but She's yeah, cool. this one's. Cool I think I think Wiley's on her way to being like up there elite level and it's going to be it's going to be New Nash Wiley and, and then everybody else
1: her nickname is nice jeans Zhang. nice jeans wiley
3: <laughs>
1: oh, you're welcome hold on <laughs> uh-huh.
3: joe he, the main let me get this right the main reason you're picking Zhang over rose is the power yes Yes. Well, and
1: if Yen J. Chick could, if Yen J. Chick was the stronger of the two when they were trading in the pocket, I mean, isn't Zang going to be the stronger of theirs? This is a dangerous fight for Rose.
3: She's tough as nails, but this is dangerous. You you realize Rose Namajunas spars with Pat Barry, right? Yeah.
1: You realize Joe and I agree on this one, right? <laughs>
2: it's funny it's funny when we were doing the trainers and he was like yeah you know and he started talking about trevor whitman and how good he is and he kind of agreed with me i was waiting for him at the end to just say anybody else (laughs) at that point i thought anybody he's just gonna say another name at this point Listen, I, I don't have a I love thug Rose, Jace. That's a great pick. If and and, and there's no my reason heart,
1: my heart's picking Rose.
2: There's no reason to think that that she can't win this fight, because she certainly can. And I mean look, Rose is smart girl. She knows she knows what she's doing. You know, so if she's gotta try to end this early with an arm bar or something, I mean, don't think she won't go there, you know. So it's possible. Like again, look, last week, Gastel and Whitaker, zero. It's going to be five, zero. I told you this, this will be a fight. This will be competitive. Rose will, Rose will win round one or two. I bet. I think you'll get that kind of fight where it'll be like, oh, but I think in the end, I just think that, I don't know, Whiteley hasn't lost a fight in over a decade. So I don't know. I like I mean, sure things, kind of. You know what too I mean? Big, too strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean nine and four. Rose loses sometimes
3: because, you know. I I think Rose will take it slow, go methodically. I I think Zong really, she she really succeeds when chaos erupts, and she's able to land the punches. I I think Rose goes methodical; she makes the fight go at her pace. And I, I think it's gonna frustrate Zang, and she's gonna make some mistakes. But I, there's I like too much, much dog in Rose for that.
4: <laughs> no way!
1: Which what what? Not Mayuna's fight? Did you watch that happened? No,
3: her fights with you know, and JTAG. She's gonna get clipped a few times, and she's gonna end up in a fight. Okay, I, I'm going Thug Rose. And... I feel it. This is going to be This is gonna be like By the decisions
2: Dude, I think if yes, you look. It, it's it,
3: going to go decision. No, look at no the Yen
2: J Chick fight. I mean, there was every reason in the world for uh, Wiley to lose her composure. I mean, that was a, a, a dog yeah. fight. One of the most brutal fights I've ever seen in my life. If you can stay composed there, you're going to be fine. I think I think it'll work itself out. I mean, Rose is a pretty namaste presence in the ring. I don't think that chaos is going to erupt necessarily.
3: All right. I'm still going, Rose.
2: No, that's listen, I love that, and I'm glad that you're doing it. I wanted to do it, but I want to be right.
3: Yeah, and I, I'm going to be right and be happy about it. No. But uh yes I will. <laughs> now, let's get into the main event as Tony gives us his tale
0: of the tape. All right guys, tonight on Pay-Per-View we have an exciting rematch in the welterweight division as Kamaru Usman takes on the number 4 challenger, George Masvidal. Let's break it down. George Masvidal, 36 years old, he's 5 foot 11 with a 74-inch reach and a record of 35 and 14 with 16 knockouts and two submissions. From Miami, Florida, Masvidal took to street fighting at an early age and made his high school wrestling team, but couldn't stay on due to failing grades. After appearing in one of Kimbo Slice's backyard brawl videos, he began training in karate and MMA. He made his professional debut in 2003 with a first-round knockout. In his early career, he fought for various now-defunct organizations going 16-3, losing to Rafael Asuncao by decision and Rodrigo Dam by knockout, while knocking out Joe Lazon, Ryan Schultz and Eve Edwards with a head kick. In 2009, he joined Bellator knocking out Nick Aguilar in one round, but in his second fight, he was choked out with an inverted triangle by Toby Amata. From there, he won six of his next nine with a rear naked choke of Eric Reynolds, a knockout of Satoru Kitaoka, and a decision over Justin Wilcox before making his UFC debut in 2013 with a decision win over Tim Means. He then submitted Michael Chiesa with a Darst choke and in 2014 defeated Pat Healy, Darren Cruikshank, and James Krause before losing by decision to Al Ayakinta. After knocking out Cesar Ferreira with a series of punches and elbows, he dropped his next two to Brunson Henderson and Lawrence Larkin by decision, but bounced back with the knockouts of Jake Ellenberger and Donald Cerrone. 2017 saw Gamebread go on another two-fight skid, losing a very close fight with Damian Maia and a thorough one-sided beating by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. After a 16-month layoff to refocus his career, he took on Darren Till, and despite getting dropped within the first few seconds, he methodically started breaking Till down, timing his shots and knocking Till out with a left hook in round two. After months of back-and-forth trash talk, Masvidal set the record for fastest knockout, landing a flying knee to the head of Ben Askren in five seconds in the fight that made him a star. In a unique bout for the BMF belt at UFC 244, Masvidal defeated Nate Diaz via third-round stoppage after Diaz suffered a nasty cut over his right eye. In July, he stepped in for a sick Gilbert Burns on six days' notice to challenge champion Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title, losing via unanimous decision. One of the slickest boxers in the sport, Gamebred lands at a 47% accuracy, he understands distance better than most fighters in the sport, boasting a 65% strike defense. He also is a solid defensive wrestler with a 77% takedown defense. And despite being wildly popular, he's often inconsistent and prone to off nights and occasional lackluster performances. Kamaru Usman, 33 years old. He's six feet tall with a 76-inch reach. He's 18-1 with eight knockouts. Born in Nigeria, he moved to Arlington, Texas at eight years old and started wrestling in high school, finishing with a 53-3 record. He wrestled Division II at the University of Nebraska, finishing with a record of 44-1, and and then became a resident of the US Olympic Training Center, but didn't make the 2012 team due to injuries. He turned pro in MMA in 2015 and went 5-1, then joined the Ultimate Fighter, winning in the finale against Haider Hassan, getting a six-figure contract, and following that up with a win over Leon Edwards. He followed that up with wins over Sean Strickland, Damian Maya, Rafael Dos Anjos, and a knockout of Sergio Moraes before winning the welterweight title with a one-sided domination of champ Tyron Woodley. In his first defense, he took on rival Kobe Covington, and despite the fact that both men are known primarily for their wrestling, they engaged in a back-and-forth slugfest until Covington suffered a broken jaw and was finally stopped in what turned out to be the latest stoppage in UFC history. In July 2020, he was supposed to fight longtime friend and sparring partner Gilbert Burns. At that point, Usman left Sanford MMA and chose to train at Team Elevation in Colorado with Justin Gagey under the tutelage of Trevor Whitman. 9 days before the fight, Burns pulled out after contracting COVID-19, and George Masvidal was brought in on 6 days notice, losing via unanimous decision. In February 2021, Usman passed George St. Pierre for longest winning streak at welterweight when after getting dropped early in round 1, He broke down Burns, dropping him with a jab and stopping him with a vicious grounded pound. Marty, as he is known by his friends, is an excellent striker with decent power who uses a solid jab to set up power shots and uses outside leg kicks and stomach kicks to both wear his opponents out and control the distance. He likes to switch stances frequently to set up opponents from angles they weren't expecting, and his freestyle wrestling is one of the best in the business, boasting an impressive 100% takedown defense in a 47% takedown accuracy. Will Masvidal bring his A-game and show that the loss in the first fight was just a fluke, or will Usman put on another clinic as he continues to dominate the welterweight division? Tune in tonight for UFC 261 for a fight card you won't want to miss. Hell yeah, Tony. Thank you for that,
3: as always. All right, Joe. Your boy, Jorge I Mas-
2: love. George Masvidal, everybody knows that. Uh, you know, I think the, the reason why I'm obviously not taking Georgie in the fight, it's not that he doesn't have the skills. It's not like he can't do it. You saw him in the first fight. I mean, a lot of talking, a lot of laughing. You know, I just feel like there's that elite level where people like Kamaru Usman and Israel Adesanya and John Jones live. And then there's that next level where great fighters like, you know, Jorge Masvidal are Justin um, Gagey. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a there's a lot of those guys too inconsistent. Again, they're showmen. Gagey's out there trying to be the most entertaining fighter in the world. Masvidal's out there he's putting on a show. He knows he's a fan favorite. Diaz
1: Brothers McGregor
2: there's guys, though, like Kamara Usman, who are super hyper-focused. Khabib nurgen obviously, another one of those guys. It wasn't about how I beat you. It's I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to leave here with a W tonight. I'm going to get the job done. And those guys always win. And so I'd be insane to pick Usman. I'm not insane. I'll leave it to you, Jace. I'm sure that's where you're going, and I hope you do because this is – I was watching George Mosvall the other night, just watching. He was reacting to uh, BMFs, if you will, uh, and picking them out. Tony Soprano and and uh, Mike Tyson and you know Jack Dempsey, just watching him. That's literally what I did. I watched a video of George Mosvall sitting on a chair watching BMFs on the screen and break it down for us. That's how much I love this guy. I wish I believed that he could beat Kamral Usman. I know he can hang with him. Just doesn't have it in him. I just, I don't see it, Jared.
1: I got to tell you, one of my favorite fighters, Jorge Masvidal. Um, got to be, got to be one of my, fan, my my favorite fighters. And um, for me, try bear with me here. This is the Ed Norton of MMA. For me, you know who Ed Norton is.
3: Yeah,
1: Ed Norton. So he did a movie called Primal Fear, where he played uh, Erwin. Erwin, and then a, and then a real stern guy named Roy He had multiple personalities. Um, and then he was in American History X. He was the bald guy with the swastika on his. Yeah. Um. So I saw like four of this guy's movies that I loved before I realized it was the same guy. So I remember seeing him in the backyard with Kimball Slice and, oh, this guy's going to get killed. And then he kind of didn't and fought his, oh my God. And then I saw him on a, on a show that wasn't the UFC and then in the UFC. And that third time when he started his career in the UFC, I went, hang on a minute, just like Ed Norton. Are you going to tell me that's the same guy? <laughs> that's the same guy? shocked shocked love this guy um usman wins dominant fashion this is a this is a repeat of the rose fight i'm picking against the person that i'm that the the story that i love rose and and masvidal are like oh i love you guys And you're fighting, as Joe said, that elite-level, hyper-focused, upper-echelon-type fighter, and you're going to lose. Jace, tell us how Masvidal is going to pull off this victory. (laughs) Please.
3: I'm actually kind of struggling because the more... This fight week, I don't know (laughs) why, but Usman's showing a lot more of his personality, and I like that. I like that in a fighter. So I'm kind of... I'm liking Usman a lot more as, I mean, obviously, I love him as a fighter, but as a person too. But Jorge Masvidal, man, that dude, he's got power. And I I think he's going to put Usman's lights out. Don't know how, but he will. I I think he will. Usman, I feel, like I said, he's showing a little bit. I, I think he's a little too comfortable at the top right now. And uh, Welterweight is a tough division. And I think he's just, yeah, too comfortable. And I think Masvidal has that power to put him to sleep. And Usman's going to get caught. Okay, that's a, an ago?
2: interesting scenario. I'll point out that look, Georgie was begging for a rematch. He was like, I took the fight on 6 days, but what he what he didn't really mention was he was already in a full training camp. So, he was training. And also Usman was training for Burns until 6 days out. So he was he was totally also fight. Right. I mean, so the, the excuse could be there for both. All things considered, you put these two guys together. You talk about consistency. You talk about all-around game. It's Uzman in every single category. Unfortunately, the only thing I I don't like about Uzman is I think he's a jerk. I, I I I I I don't. He's too smug for me. I find him a little too smug, and it's starting to wear on my nerves a little bit. Watching the presser with George talking all that smack, dude. I mean, first of all, nobody's better than Game bread at talking that smack. And so Usman sounds like a clown trying to hang. You know, you're never yeah, gonna yeah. one up Masvidal unless you get
1: in the ring, bro. I would just yeah, I would yeah. just
2: save the pathetic, like you're not you're not that guy and you're not good at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember telling somebody, you better fight me now. We're in this back and forth match and I said something that made everybody laugh and he says something back and I went, Whoa. <laughs> you might uh, wanna test your odds fist fighting me because a battle of wits is not something you're armed for, buddy. <laughs> probably kick your ass too, but I mean you gotta you gotta try your luck. I think I'm probably a better trash talker than a fighter, so uh <laughs> Yeah. Take your poison, I, kiddo.
3: I mean, all right. Hey, Usman is at the top of the game right now. I mean, when, if you watch the weigh in, John Annick announced him as one of the possible pound for pound, one of the top pound for pound fighters in the UFC. But a, a question that's been surfacing a lot this week. I mean, uh, George St. Pierre was asked this by ESPN Is Kamara Usman on the Mount Rushmore of welterweights, Joe?
2: He's putting himself in that position but I still think he's got he's got some time to to get himself there. Um but no I don't I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm going there just yet.
3: Did you How put him there? Top four. Oh, Walter weights of all yeah, time. this
1: is where they have him for Saint Pierre Hughes Woodley Usman. So we're putting him ahead of Robbie Lawler. Shields, Condit, Fitch, Matt, Sarah. I uh, somewhere right I don't around. I saying those
2: names. I feel like Usman would have beaten every single
1: person you just said. <laughs> yeah, well, here we go. Uh, St. Pierre, Hughes, Woodley—they've got ahead of him, and then Usman. Then we've got Robbie Lawler, Johnny Hendricks, Carlos Condit, Pat Militich, Jake Shields, and Matt Sarah. John Fitch, Rory McIlroy, yeah, change my mind. Kobe Kobe
2: on the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> now that I'm, <laughs> say more names just to See? solidify this for me. Who well, else
1: no, because fourteen is Stephen Thompson, 16 is B.J. Penn, yeah, Nick both of them. Diaz? yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah.
2: that's <laughs> he's really good. I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of that, but God. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Well, when he said it, I'm like, no. And then I look all time welterweight, and I'm, well, he, yeah, he beats all of those Those tops, are fine. Right at four. Unless you want to put Lawler ahead of him, unless you want to try to make an argument for Robbie Lawler. You know, I've
2: seen plenty of Lawler to even Woodley,
1: though. Is Usman ahead of Woodley? He beat
0: Woodley, he
1: beat the crap out of Woodley. So Hughes and St. Pierre are our only arguments, and both of us would have said no off the top of our head.
3: Right. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. But I'm just super excited. Great, great fight card. Can't wait for it. But now let's get into the flurry. Jared, you got another Scrub Scrap Spotlight for us. So introduce your guy
1: yes sir three fight veteran of scrub scraps uh one of my favorite stories miles wilkerson welcome to the show miles
3: you're muted brother
4: you think after a year of this i figured that out (laughs) (laughs) how we doing
1: doing good Good my man welcome aboard so, uh, yeah, you want to just uh, talk to us a little bit about your your experience at Scrub Scrubs?
4: Yeah. Um, well, I think it's good to, you know, put a little backstory out. Just so everyone knows, I i was diagnosed with uh, Tourette syndrome when I was seven years old. Uh, you know, I grew up, um, you know, um, in New England. Um, and, you know, I had, you know, growing up, you know, Everyone, every kid deals with with bullying a different way, but for me, it's really difficult when you're the only when you're the kid in class who's like, like cussing involuntarily and forced to be there. They'll do they'll do things to your self esteem, right? Um, and you really, you kind of have to learn how to you know, uh, kind of make people back off without you know. You know all the all the bullshit. Can I cuss on here? I cuss. I have to rest, so oh, yeah. I cuss. Feel yeah, comfortable. I, I, I think <laughs>
2: medically. I think medically speaking, you just get a. You get
4: like an all clear. <laughs> 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 yeah, I get an accommodation. Good. All right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 No. Um. Uh, yeah. So growing up, just that backstory. You know, growing up. It, it, you know, it was tough in its own way. You know, just having to deal with that. People ridiculing you. You know. Uh. You know, a lot of time, I would just hide that frust- frustration. Um. But you know, then I, as I get older. Uh, through a friend I uh, meet, uh, Jared. And because uh, I've been thinking, like, I really want to uh, do boxing or, you know, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or something just to, like, you know, give me some kind of um, more confidence, you know? And so what I did, I just showed up. Uh, I'd barely met you, Jared, I don't think. And I just kind of laced up. I was just full of all this bravado. And, it, and I'd been in fights before, but I'd never, like, you know, afraid of box. And I was getting the tar beat out of me, like, just like, but I'm, you know, and after, after the, I think it was the end of the second round, Jared, you, you did this. This is one of my, my favorite moments um, of a lot, you know, and he, he, Jared just kind of went, he said, Miles, you have no technical skills, but you are a fighter. You're, you're a fighter. And, and he lets me, he could have called it right there. Cause I was getting my ass handed to me. And I, you know, I start I start training and, Then I, you know, then I pull one out, and it was it was a really excellent experience, and I really needed it, and it gave me a lot of, you know, uh, grounding to like um, keep going forward with 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 my life, because you know, dealing with like that voice in the back of your head that you heard, you know, some like some some middle school cafeteria, some kid calling you a retard, and and it's like I just got my master's degree from the University of Wisconsin, you know, so I needed that in my life, and I definitely thank Jared for you know that that support and being in your corner, so.
2: Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that and, and, you know, I think in terms of what scrub scraps is and what it does for people is pretty amazing. And I don't know that I, I've, I've, you know, I've heard a lot of different stories from guys who have participated in scrub scraps, but. Mm-hmm. Um, this one miles kind of blows my mind. First, I want to ask kind of a funny question. Sure. Before you
4: learn swear words, what were you what would what would you yeah. say? Yeah. I think it's important to kind of explain what Tourette's syndrome is. It's really it really misunderstood. There're only like a few hundred thousand people in the United States who even have it. I have like moderate to severe. <laughs> um it's not just this thing called coprolalia, which is literally the the I think it's uh, it's the Greek the the prefix is copra and it's literally shit talking. That's like the that's the medical word for it. But that's only 10 percent of people with Tourette's. Unfortunately, I have it. Um, But also there are vocal there are motor text. Try, try, uh, try talking to a girl you like and and you're trying to not bark like a chihuahua, you know, try to not creep her out that way. So that does a lot of things to your self-esteem. But with scrub Scraps did. I really loved it because everyone, you know, you you know, there's some folks who are like, you know, uh, you know, coming in you know whatever but the thing is it's kind of like a gun range everybody's pretty polite because everybody's armed <laughs> and it, yeah. it really you know um oh, and nice. uh, I'm, am i wrong Jared? am i wrong
1: <laughs> am no I wrong? it's it's a different dynamic when you're at scrub scrubs for it's sure. a different
4: yeah. armed but yeah got <laughs> it. yeah yeah uh, and just in terms of threats yeah like I, I definitely encourage people to kind of do some research you know uh I've 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 been lucky. I've been I've been able to try to like mentor one or two uh, young people because it's a really it's really difficult. It's really stigmatized, really misunderstood. Um, you know, like, try be, try being in a convenience store and you start kind of like twitching and it's like ten o'clock at night and you're trying to get your bogeys and there's a cop right there. That's not fun. So it, it can do a lot to you. It can do a lot to you. But I I you know. Uh, connecting to like you know, I also have this thing called dyspraxia. Actually, uh, because I'm you suppress these things called premonitory urges, like people don't realize I have like not it's kind of like a fish hook feeling, choking sensation a lot of the time. And until I do this, you know, I don't feel comfortable, but if I do, then it's like then, then people try to fight you a lot of time. I was on the bus up to New York one time. I'm just sitting minding my, my business. I, I feel like I'm fine. Homeboy's like, you're making fun of me. And I'm like, man, I don't want – this ain't Scrub Scraps, man. I don't want to fight you right now. I don't want to fight you. You know? And it's just like – but, yeah, like, like Scrub Scraps really – and nobody nobody made fun of me at Scrub Scraps. They're like, I just saw Miles just, like, take a ridiculous hit to, hit to the jaw. He saw somehow still standing. So, anyway, yeah, I was, I'm rambling. But, yeah, you know, I'm it's – One of my favorite
1: Scrub Scraps moments. Um, Like I said, you're one of my favorite stories. Uh, He Ah. came in. Who'd you fight in your first fight? Do you remember what the kid's name
4: was? I unfortunately don't remember. He, you know, like, he, you know... That's what I, none of my fights was there any, ever like any real animosity. It was all, you know, I don't remember. His yeah. name, though. I really don't. I really don't.
1: No idea what was going on, but tough fight for miles. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't technically sound. Like I said, I remember that moment in the corner where I was like, you have a lot of the things I can't teach you. Yeah. And none of the things I can. So, so just stick around um and then his second fight matched him up with joel um uh, my little brother joe who you know and told joe hey this is a skill level down let's try to keep it let's try to keep it light and um miles had been coming over training with me and landed first round this piston type jab to where joel <laughs> kind yeah, of reacted yeah. to it you know i i mean it's Afterward, I was a little tense with Joel, thought he went a little heavy on him. But on um, the third fight, Miles has been coming over training. He fights this real cut, tough kid, Ross, and uh, and comes away with a win. Now, um, your father was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mind? Um, oh. My bad. Excuse me. Uh, your father came over to me after the fight and uh, talked a little bit about your difficulties coming up, you know. And talked a little bit about um, you know the beginning of your life and some of the some of the hopes, you know, that as you're going along you end up with these difficulties. Excuse me, that those weren't things. Some of the things that I gave him that there there that day, he thought would never be possible, basically. You know, he felt like you were a part of team. He felt like you were out there really competing. Felt like you were able to win on a stage and have people cheer for you, and things you think of when you bring a little boy into the world um, on an athletic level that, um, without scrub scraps, mm-hmm. there's really not a way for people like you and I to get to. Yeah. Um, so that that stands out to me as one of my my all time favorite moments. Like, hey, you created this platform and foundation for my mm-hmm. son to be successful in a way that I've never mm-hmm. really been able to see him be successful and have mm-hmm. things happen to him that I've never really been able to see happen to him. Yeah. So for me, for everything that Scrub Scraps gave you, know that you gave me one of one of my favorite moments. That win for you was was that was it mm-hmm. for me. That's what we're supposed to be
4: doing here. Mm-hmm.
0: And you
1: walked out of that with something you didn't have when you got there.
4: Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and like I just wanted to be real quick. You know, first, uh, quick. Uh, you know, not to get political, but a quick statement, and then an anecdote. You know, um, it's it's a shame that, that kids can't go to the YMCA in their hometown and just what you know, man, woman, you know, whatever demographic, whatever, and, and do that and have that opportunity. Because there's a lot of people who are real tryhards out there. We know this. Who the thing is, they've never really had the metal test. You can tell some the way they're swinging. They've never been in a fight before. You know, and then they will start things and then you then you and then then when he's like, all right, man, cool. That's fine. Let's go. Where you want to go? I don't such. Are you whatever? Then they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, yes. But I was just out in the Midwest. They do that all the time. No offense to you all. But, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, but I just want to tell a real quick anecdote. My father, he grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. and He knew an individual, the, the Clay family, um, and, and this was uh, you know his uh, his uh, his family friend you know his aunt, she, had, she had a young man in golden who was rising up in, in the in the amateur uh his name's Cassius uh, my father the, the, the man my father is uh, I love telling the story because he uh, my father he, he kind of he's cool he, he he was talking shit to Muhammad Alba, to Cassius clay at the time he said Cassius, you ain't going nowhere I mean my father's 10 years old he doesn't know any better he doesn't know the future Guess what, cat? Guess what, the, uh, Muhammad, future Muhammad Ali says, like, boom, hits him on the knees, I shut up, little ugly boy. <laughs> 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 oh, so I thought, you know, my dad, you know, he used to, you know, he's just like, you know, like, so I think some of that. I'm, I'm, I feel really blessed to have been to Scrub Scraps, you know, uh, all those people I met, I still talk to them. So,
3: yeah, yeah. Miles, if w- what was the biggest difference? for the miles before he stepped into the gym to the miles who after his last fight with Scrub scraps.
4: I would say um, just to keep it brief, basically uh, instead of feeling like uncontrolled, like totally like uncontrolled, like rage, angst, like kind of the self pity, like the Stoics say the worst, I think it was Marcus Aurelius who said uh, the worst form of cowardice is self pity miles after even the losses of Scrub Scraps. I needed those. I needed those. I needed those. Because that made me go down and hit my heavy bag in the basement. That made me go to the trainings because I'm like, I got to win. And after, it was kind of the sense of equanimity. Like, you know, if I apply myself to this, you know, cut down on the bogeys, quit drinking, I'm just, i celebrating a month month of sobriety. Uh, I haven't been counting days well, but a few weeks ago, yeah, um, Jared's also been very supportive of that. I appreciate him for that too. Um, yeah, now I'm uh it's it's it was definitely necessary for me um to kind of progress and kind of let go of some of the baggage. Um I really needed that. I really needed that. And yeah, it was and I it was you know, a friend from high school was like, hey man, I heard you wanted to do boxing. I've been doing this for years, <laughs> you know, like so it was good. But was, was that very good? Ray. Oh, right, Ray Bray. Yeah.
1: Cool, cool, awesome, Joe.
2: Yeah, uh, thank you, Miles. Uh, here's here's what I love to ask everybody in Scrubs. We've done some some interviews outside of this show, even, and I guess my thing would be if there was a a young person right now that was watching this who was um, struggling. In in again, whether it's bullying or drugs or it's whatever have you, and they feel yeah. like there's nowhere to go. Why? What would you tell them uh, to get them to go check out Scrub Scraps?
4: Um, I. Yeah, I would say. Um, well, it's it's kind of like that trite saying, which is still on my favorites: "Living well is the best revenge." Um. Because the, the thing the thing of it is, you can do act in all kinds of spiteful ways to people. But the thing is, like you know, having uh, the integrity to kind of uh, to struggle and persevere. Things like scrub scraps can teach you not only practical, um, you know, self defense skills, but also give you for people who are alienating my Tourette syndrome with all this like comorbid things. You know, um, it gives you that kind of camaraderie uh, that I think anybody can benefit from, especially a young person. I think uh, one of the one of the big I don't want to sound like a boomer, but one of the biggest travesties is there's not enough. Um, you might see kids like playing playing ball or whatever, but they're mostly just playing video games. Which no, don't get me wrong, I'm a gamer too. But you need, you really do need to have these. Um, these these kinds of things. Whether you're like, for example, like because I have a, like a more invisible disability. One of my favorite uh, opportunities when you, whenever he gets a chance, check out wheelchair boxing on YouTube. I'd love to see some of these dudes who are who are you know even professionals. I'd love to see them get get literally get in a wheelchair and fight some of these dudes who have lived in a wheelchair their whole life. Because believe me, they they you know, and most, a lot of people wouldn't even do it. Oh, their yeah. arms are strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're willing themselves around all the time. You know, yeah. anybody, I think. I any, know really Ian that started that. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> you didn't yeah, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's really important. I think stuff like, just stuff like that is really important. Uh, that camaraderie and that um, skills building, really. The skills to cope. Now when I'm in a stressful situation, I'm like, all right. Well, there's no reason to escalate this. this. This isn't an octagon. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't like as long as you don't put your hands on me. I don't really care. Um, but but scrub scraps and uh, you know, different things like that really do teach you those 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 those, those skills. What is uh
3: what? How is your relate? How is scrub scrap? How is being in the ring with someone? Affected your relationship? How do you, you come out on the other end with the relationship of the person you just fought? Just tried to punch you in the face. What's oh, that yeah. relationship like?
4: Well, well, the whole the whole slogan of the group, you you, you know, you're, you're not really friends if you have, hit them in the face. <laughs> you're not really. And uh, to be honest, I don't have any. The three dudes, I would have, I would have loved to have content. You know, I, I want to get get back to the gym, but COVID's made it weird. Um, the thing is, like that that level of Unfortunately, some people don't have great sportsmanship. In fact, I never left left a match feeling like tight or whatever. I was like, "That's you know." um, I always always think of of, you know Muhammad Ali. He lost a fight. Um, You know, why why be better? You know, if you want to be better, get on Twitter. You know, (laughs)
3: Um,
4: (laughs) I I I kind of feel like I I don't feel like and yeah I don't feel any negative feelings towards like you know because. Because it's, it's it's mutual combat, you know, um, and it made me more like it gave me more of a sense of control, definitely. Because you have to remember, I'm always fighting like these. Like, look up premonitory urges. That's hard. But like when when you get those skills in the ring, it really does like cultivate this sense of um, like control, which is nice. And I I never I never cuss someone out ever after a match, no one ever cussed me out. We always touch gloves, and it was fine, you know. Um well again i think like you said you're you're in a
2: gym with with other guys and it's mm-hmm. hard to that's not really the place to start running your mouth mm-hmm. because what? probably the guy running his mouth is the guy everyone's going to jump yeah. so right it just it, it's it's so listen i i love the idea of and and you were saying <clears throat> sort of coping skills and and you know a i think everybody needs to belong somewhere and and feel like they're in a place where no matter what's wrong with you or what ails you or what your issues are, that there's a place that you can go where everyone accepts you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, to me, step number one in uh, that initial, you know, I, I think if you're completely down and out, You're you're just looking for a hand from somebody, just someone to make you feel like you matter, like you're important, like somebody cares about you. And I think once you get past that and you get around more people, it becomes a little bit easier to because I think you get to a point like almost like a dog where like, you know, a beaten dog is really scared of you at first. Right. And it takes a little time for that dog to, like, trust you and warm up to you. And you got to be super careful that you don't freak that dog out any, any more than you already have. And I don't mean to compare people to dogs, but I'm just saying, like, that mindset of being beaten down. And you need to sort of learn it back. You need mm-hmm. to learn it back before you can even accept it on a grander scale. And so, again, I think an organization like Scrub Scraps, again, working on a common mission and then add on to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to punch you in the face now, and we're cool, right? (laughs) That I think it it takes a lot to get there, too, where, you know, Miles, when you punch me in the face, Mm -hmm. I just want to run and punch you back in the face now, right? And you have to learn, like, that's not how any of this works.
1: Yeah, well, and just the act of punching someone in the face is one of the things that pulls all of those people into it. Um, those, the thing about that's a great example, Joe, but the thing about those beaten dogs is that they don't know that other world exists. You have to start slow and teach it to them, Mm -hmm. but they don't even know it exists. So when it's a human being, you have to have somebody close enough when they're young to start slow and teach it to them. Or you have to find a way to trick them and trap them in that situation. We do that with the fight. Some of those people just show up because they want to fight. And when they find that perfectly comfortable place, Miles might even fit this category of just wanting to fight someone and then finding out that I'm perfectly accepted just the way I am here, there's a spot for me. Yep. And finding all those other things there, almost as if by accident, when he showed up, barely knew me, I asked him what he weighed, he got matched up as best I thought I could, and we kept him moving. And all those other things fell into his lap. Mm-hmm. When I say, when we talked about Paul, Jake Paul, and I hate to bring him back up here, but when we talked about it in the beginning of the show, and I said, don't lose the magic in the smoke. This is the magic I'm talking about. There's something here. We got to weed through all that other crap to get to it. Mm-hmm. But there's something inherently magical here that drags out beaten dogs and makes them accept that path to the things that they never knew before. Yep. I'm one of those. We have my Jared coming on next week. Iceman John Scully. Be sure to tune in for that.
3: Hell yeah. Uh, Miles, my- uh, who was... The you talked about how you are a fighting fan before, before even scrub scraps. So who is someone that you looked up to, a fighter that you tried to uh, duplicate?
4: Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, well, th- the thing is, in 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 the year in the years since those so scrub scrub scraps, I've definitely got like totally revamped the way that I like spar with my heavy bag or do or do do the speed bag. But at first, well. I'll just say this. My, fav- my favorite fighter is Roy Jones Jr., because he's not only a boxer, but also a musician, because I love music as well. So I would have to say that. But in terms of like fighting style, um, boxing, I would have to say, um, like, to be like, I have very poor cardio, but I, my, I would say my endurance is moderately good. Like, I'm pretty enduring. Like, I usually, like, if someone hits me, I'm like, oh, hey, whatever. Okay. Um, so I try to take advantage of that. It's like, like, I'm kind of like almost tall and lanky. So I, but, I'm I'm really like um more grounded. I'm I've changed, but I don't move so much. I would almost say 30. it's kind of like, yeah, I'd almost say like um the person I was the person I always trying to emulate at first, of course, Muhammad Ali. And like I'm realizing I I'm never gonna have that kind of cardio. It's never gonna happen. But and then I realize like, well, if I can't be Tyson might not be forming, so I just kind of, I just like keep going because a lot of people, you just start moving towards them and just kind of like, they'll be like, "Uh, what do I do?" Because <laughs> because if you I just count, let them come to you and count, it's boom boom. And the jab,
1: I got you know. a great one for you, Jace. You want a comparative for this guy? That the jab he thumped Joel with was no accident. Um, when he came and started training, it was the jab he focused in on. He wanted mm-hmm. to know every part, and it's it's my the first thing I teach. I want that real good long jab with the step that snaps out at the end. And, man, he's got one of those rubber mallet type of jabs. <laughs> it's Larry Holmes. If I'm looking for somebody to compare this kid to in the ring – It's Larry Holmes with that big thumping jab and whatever's behind it. Because that's what you think of with Larry Holmes. You don't think of those other punches. You just think of that Mm -hmm. big thudding. And that, man, I felt it during sparring and went, oh, my God, man. That thing is coming fast and heavy. Larry Holmes.
4: <laughs> N- NGL, I was kind of being a little bit of an asshole. A little bit. I, I, sh- I should have just like, and then you got you got, like I said in that Facebook chat, you definitely I, I learned my lesson with that with that left hook. I did not see that at oh, all. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> like, okay,
4: there's a pointy burn. I love cartoons. Okay. Funny and <laughs> okay. lean
1: a little bit on that
4: jab and come up around it. <laughs> and that's what I loved about scrub scraps, because it was just and the thing is. Any of those people, like that's the thing. You'd have people who come in, like, dude, like as we say in New England, like you're cocked right now. What are you doing? In this in order. Like I was, I was just like, okay, wait, hold up. But but and then there were, and then there were people, um, you know, who were kind of disrespectful. Almost with, within the first five minutes, they were just done. Not, not like socially, but just like as if they were, they were just like first round. They were just like, uh, but the people who were more, I remember there's, I can't remember the dude's name. This is a big old dude. He probably get got called like Chris Farley or whatever in high school, big dude or whatever. And he, but dude knew he could take a punch pretty much anywhere. He would just come in like he hit himself and he was a big dude. Dude hit him really hard. But that dude was the one dude who won the fight, not not the people who were talking shit about him, not them. Mm-hmm.
1: It takes your bullies and victims and kind of, you know, put them in the same weight class, put them on the Mm -hmm. skin seal level, let them fight each Mm -hmm. other and all of that stuff goes away. That's why I say there should be a program like this in every high school, every Mm -hmm. prison, yeah, because you'll get rid of that other dynamic that has people shoot each other and stab each other and and jump each other five on one. You know, you want to prove your toughness, do it one at a time. And that dynamic levels all of that other stuff out it goes away it all but goes away because you don't have somebody that doesn't fit there's a Mm -hmm. spot Yep. and if you're the worst person on the chart stick around for three weeks we'll find somebody and you'll Mm -hmm. then you'll catch a w and like miles says those wins and those laws as well as the losses you know, in my perfect world, everybody enters their third scrub scrap at one and one, mm-hmm. and has you know gone <coughs> felt all of those feelings. Yep. Yeah, it helps you in your life.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Before we close out of the show, Miles, who do you got tonight?
4: Yeah. Um. I'm. This this has been something I've been thinking about because it's kind of like uh, it's tough. Um. Well, I it's like at the University of Wisconsin, I was learning Yoruba, which is like a Nigerian language, and you know, learning learning about Nigerian culture and everything. To be honest, just just some of my like historical. I'm, I've got my master's degree in history, learning about African history. I, my money's on his mind. because I really I feel that he has the. Um, I, well, don't get me wrong, Mas, Mas has the. Um, they both have the attitude, but but Masvidal, he, he's his his taunts, I think, could get him in trouble with Usman like this time because like Usman is is a uh, much like if you go if you talk to a Nigerian family like there's actually this uh, I think Usman's from the north, which is like house of land. They have this boxing uh, art. Where they're like your literal whole hand is wrapped in like almost like a, a plaster thing with glass on it. And that's how and you fight other dudes for your wife. He's coming from that. He's coming from that. So that guy wins every one time.
3: Yeah. yeah. That yeah, guy yeah. wins every time.
2: Come on. Yeah, don't take the bait. Hey, <laughs> hey.
1: hey, I really appreciate you coming on, Miles. Wonderful show, man. Wonderful show. I appreciate show. the thank invitation you so
4: much, man. Yeah. yeah I, thank you.
3: Thanks for joining us, Miles. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Thanks, as always, Jared and Joe, for joining me. And we'll catch you next week to recap this great UFC pay-per-view. We'll tune in next week for more Throwing Jabs. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.